Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock. We had a listener question that I thought was a really good question because, Robert, a couple of episodes back, it was in one of the Saturn in um, Pisces episodes that you mentioned that something was across the line of sign. And ironically, if you go on Google and you search up across, or you just search up the line of sign in astrology, you don't get anything. So, <laughs> I'm glad that you are here to give us the oracle definition of what is across the line of sign. Ah, well, you've just touched on one of my pet peeves. I learned this when I first started astrology. It's amazing to me how today you go online and you don't see anything about this. There's some other things you don't see anything about. To me, that are, for example, converse solar arcs, you don't see anything about, and yet they're just like converse progressions. So there, this does touch a nerve with me. Aspects that are across the line of sign, here's what that means. Let's say you have two planets in square. They are 91 degrees apart. So that's a square aspect. But one of the planets is at 29 Aries. And the other planet, 91 degrees away, is at one degree Leo. They are still in square. But the elements are both fire signs, and so the elements harmonize. Normally, in a square opposite, a square aspect, you've got conflicting elements. One will be in a fire sign, the other will be in a water sign, for example. If you have a, a planet at uh, 15 Aries that squares a planet at 15 Cancer, you've got fire and water, and that square is a more difficult and conflicting square than if you have a square across the line of sign, which would be, as I just mentioned, a planet at 29 Aries, square a planet at one degree Leo, still a square, but the elements are in harmony. They're both fire signs, so it is a different kind of square. It has less of the conflicting elements. In fact, it's got an emphasis on whatever the element is across the line, in this case, both fire signs. So you can take that into account when you're interpreting those different kinds of squares across the line of sign. The other point I do want to make, in horary astrology, all of the planets are allowed to move the full span of the sign that they are in to make an aspect, but they are not allowed to move out of the sign that they're in. This is all symbolic in horary astrology. So for those taking the course, for example, with astrology, that's mentioned. In fact, it's emphasized in the course. But that's what across the line of sign means. Conversely, you could say that a trine that goes across the line of sign could be more tense. Yes, indeed. Very good point. Because there you're going to draw in, if you have a planet at 29 Aries and another planet at, I would say, one degree Virgo, still in trine, but the elements are fire and earth. So it's a more conflicted trine. You're exactly right. And then the thing that I'm just interesting that it's not more common, you would think you'd see this a lot. I guess one of the reasons statistically that you don't is because you've basically got 30 degrees in the sign. So most aspects will be the typical aspects and not, it's only when one of the planets is 
very near the end of a sign and the other planet is very near the beginning of another sign that you're going to get this across the line across the line of signs so maybe statistically that's the reason you don't see it that often i guess i was thinking if you let's say you have a 10 degree orb on whatever it is that you're looking at so you gives you 50 50 shot of it being five degrees back in the in the what you would say traditional square incompatible sign versus five degrees of the compatible and you know chances would be 50 50 of course you're using a 10 degree orb and i rarely do that i sometimes know that's a little do. wide sometimes you do <laughs> yeah now for example with a quincunx or an inconjunct aspect of 150 degrees i'm pretty stiff on that i really will only give two and a half degrees period because otherwise you're going to find a you know a lot of you certainly don't give a five or six degree orb to an inconjunct yeah yeah so it depends. Sometimes I'll make a leeway. I'll see a sextile that's maybe nine degrees apart. And especially in a chart where, say, that planet doesn't make any other aspects, I'll count that. So I'll count the old Ptolemaic aspects. I'll give them a little more leeway, but I, I rarely go to 10-degree orbs I think you also have to see how it shows up in somebody's life, too, right? Absolutely. Because maybe that wider orb makes sense all of a sudden. And two, I'm a big believer. It's it's there. And if to me, the whole point of astrology is to make you conscious of yourself and what you've got and what you need to work on and so on. So if it's there and it's 10 degrees apart, if you make yourself conscious of it as a student of astrology or if you're reading for clients, you've got a pretty wide sextile here. But be aware of this because you can make something of this. Even though technically it may not be within orb, you can still begin to incorporate it in understanding the horoscope. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, Thomas, I would love to take a second here to thank all of the listeners who contacted me for readings, because unlike maybe clients who are not familiar with these podcasts, I've found that readings that I give for the listeners of our podcast are almost invariably deeper, richer, more rewarding for both of us than the run-of-the-mill readings, because I think the listeners of these podcasts are simply better astrologers. They're more familiar with it, and you can go a little bit deeper and get a lot more out of a reading. So I just wanted to thank everybody uh, for uh, requesting readings from me because I always, I get a lot out of them and I think they do too. You left one out. They're better looking too. <laughs> well, if you saw me, you would know I didn't, really don't have any room to talk about looks, so I don't care. <laughs> They're smarter and better looking. All right. Well, thank you for that great message. And we thank you for the readings and everything you're bringing and how we're bringing this up and out. So it is memorialized for eons and ages to come. And if you would like to do what he just said, book a reading with Robert. The show notes are the place to go for that. You can find the direct link there. He is in the process of redesigning his website, but it's not quite out yet as we're recording this, but it will be soon. And you can find all the other stuff that we have going on with the podcast there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Robert, thank you for who you are in the world of astrology and just in the world in general. A wealth of knowledge. 
and we'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.